You are listening to Katjev Newsletter Speaks, the podcast with our penultimate episode for 2023. It's Wednesday, December the 27th, 2023. Uh, JJ Sefton here. I hope you all had a wonderful and blessed Christmas celebration. And I am joined once again by my good friend, co-blogger and co-host, the estimable CBD. Well, I'm going to change my name to the best fucking biscuit maker on earth. Because I made some kick-ass biscuits on uh, on Christmas Day for um, our traditional uh, eat whatever the hell we want um, because we're not Christians. Um, So uh, there's a a wonderful, wonderful um, food writer. um, She called herself the homesick Texan. And a long time ago, I... I had a, a, a you know a casual email exchange with her over several months or a few years. I don't remember what it was. She's she's quite nice. Um, and anyway, she sent me her uh, her biscuit recipe. And for whatever reason, I didn't really do a good job with it. But uh, a few days ago, I kicked ass. They were fantastic. So I am. I mean, I, I guess I'm an honorary Texan now. Well, there you go. If, if all it takes is biscuits, uh, <laughs> okay, why not? I consider myself an honorary Texan. I love the state. I love the people, uh, at least uh, o- o- mostly away from places like Austin and Houston, of course. But uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's BFBOE, the best fucking biscuit uh, ever, <laughs> as we say. For me, it was nice. We had a we, we reprised or we had actually a, uh, our postponed Thanksgiving dinner, because which is my favorite holiday of all. Thank uh, for, for those who don't know, but uh, it was postponed because I, I think I contracted that RSV virus, which really knocked the shit out of me for about oh, a good week and a half. But it was so nice to have that. And mercifully, my my liberal family members, there was virtually zero in the way of political uh, talk. And it was just a very lovely uh, evening had by all. So it's uh, that was nice. A little turkey, a little, and it's coming out of my ears because we have it for three days already. So I'm looking forward to having some fish today. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to try to keep it light. So uh, as, as you can tell, because it is the, you know, people responded to the last episode, which was more or less kind of a light episode. And, uh, you know, it is good to keep things light in the face of all the horrendous crap that's going on around us. So uh, what, uh, what do you got on tap for us? CBD? I really don't have anything, you know, the, the, oh. every, you know, there are the, the obvious things going on in the world. Israel is, um, is, well, I mean, I could, I could argue that they're not going as aggressively as they should. But uh, they are certainly being more aggressive with Hamas than they have been in a very, very long time. And um, unfortunately, the probably the best military choice would be uh, you being, uh, boy, uh, much less humanitarian because more Israeli soldiers are dying because of the techniques that they are using in this in this urban battle. Um, But they are not backing down. And I think that uh, probably the toughest part is over, and that is acclimating the world to the fact that Israel is not going to back down. Um, I know that Hamas rejected uh, uh, some uh, ceasefire offers, uh, which were contingent upon some reasonable things, like giving back the fucking hostages, uh, many of whom are probably dead already, which is horrible, but uh, an unfortunate circumstance when you're dealing with uh, with militant Islam or Islam, um, anyway, uh, right. absolutely, I, I yeah. concur. And uh, it's unfortunately just to, just as a, a little bit of a to underscore a little bit. It's mm-hmm. uh, 
the Israelis, un- unfortunately, this administration or junta with Biden or Obama, whoever it is, is literally putting the screws to Israel to, to, to cease fire. Uh, even even a temporary ceasefire is essentially surrendering and letting uh, letting the the terrorists uh, get oxygen again and, and continue. So, but, but Israel has decided to, no to hell with it. We're gonna you know we're, we're just gonna go pedal metal and do what we have to do at whatever speed they're doing. Unfortunately, which risks the lives of the, the soldiers. But um, it's good that they're just telling Biden to go fuck himself. We don't so you don't want to send us helicopters. Okay, go screw yourself. There was a very famous quote I remember of and I saw it. Of of all people, Joe Biden, 40 years ago, going, uh, you know, basically criticizing, I think it was Menachem Begin. And I forgot the exact quote, but Menachem Begin said, to hell with you. Whether you give us weapons, don't give us weapons, we don't give a damn. We have to do what we have to do to survive. So I think at least that seems to be the attitude of uh, Netanyahu and the IDF. So keep on keeping on and so be it. But wipe these people off the face of the earth. Got to do it. Well, I can't argue with the sentiment. Um, the and and the thing is that that it, it's a a low it, it's becoming low intensity warfare, and I wonder how much ordinance Israel needs now. Um, obviously, they they can build a, a fair amount of it themselves, but the United States has vast resources and can resupply Israel in a matter of days. Um, if if push comes to shove and Israel says, no, thank you, we don't need your arms, if it comes with with essentially an order to stand down, um, how long can Israel maintain its its battle uh, readiness? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, hopefully one of our listeners does. But uh, I guess it's an inter- interesting question. But in, And more than that, the, the idea that, that Israel is being pressured by the United States to to stand down is is offensive in the extreme because as I have said many times and as I have written on Ace of Spades and Kutchib newsletter many many times Israel is the tip of the spear um, that the West holds to to prod and poke at Islam to keep it from from taking us over and Israel has accepted that responsibility gladly because of course Israel is the closest to Islam that that any other Western culture uh, Western country um and uh it's it it seems like uh the there should be a little bit more gratitude Uh, but of course it's it's it has nothing to do with gratitude has everything to do with with um anti-semitism being masked with this this crap about anti-zionism and uh and 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 the idea that israel is 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 not being um uh careful um, in in its uh, conduct of this war, it, it is in fact being quite careful. And well, there, yeah, oh, there was ahead. actually yeah, I'm sorry. The, the, really, the lowest of the low points was I think it was last week or maybe the week before. There was a vote at the Security Council where there was a resolution literally condemning Israel and demanding that it cease fire. Now, normally, you would have expected the United States to veto that, and it would have been, and that would have been it. But the United States abstained from the vote and essentially the thing passed, which now puts incredible pressure, as worthless as the UN is, it puts incredible pressure on them uh, politically, financially and otherwise to actually cease fire, which means surrender. And that is just the lowest of the lowest blows. I mean, it's one thing where you have whoever it is, that stupid uh, spokes idiot Kirby, you know, talking about saying sort of the right things about, you know, Hamas being animals and butchers and this and that and the other thing. But then to go ahead and do this crap at the UN is just, you know, that's, that is, that is really the the lowest uh, that America, America under siege or under hostage by leftist forces, I should say, has, has sunk in, uh, in, in, in smacking its 
you know, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm much more optimistic about America than I am about our government. Um, and, and, and it's sad that we have to separate the two. Uh, it used to be that, that, that they were one and the same. Um, I'll give you an example. I was in, uh, in California a few days ago, and uh, <laughs> we visited the, um, the Reagan Library. Uh, which is lovely, by the way, folks. If you're if you're in Simi Valley, go see it. Um, and they had a huge exhibit titled Auschwitz, not long ago, not far away, which I think is a magnificent uh, title for an exhibit. And uh, a couple of observations. One, um, it was it was full. I mean, it was there were as many people as you could get into it without being uncomfortable. Um, and to a, to a man, to a woman, to a child, everyone was respectful. Um, I didn't see any, any, I didn't hear or see any comments about, you know, Palestinian suffrage and blah, 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 all that kind of crap. And, uh, the exhibit itself was marvelous. And what I really appreciated about it was that they, that their description of Israel was the essentially the homeland of the Jewish people. They have lived there for thousands of years. It was, it was not even an, a, a part of the discussion that Israel might not be the traditional homeland of the Jews. And, that, and I really appreciated that. Um, anyway, the point is that America, I think, is four square behind Israel. Um, and as I said, that, that disconnect between America and its government is very, very troubling. I would tend to agree with you on that. I I believe that uh, the the outburst of of anti-Semitism, uh, just raw na- raw sewage of Jew hatred in the wake of the, uh, you know, of the attack on Israel in in the, uh, October the seventh, has opened up a lot of eyes. Now the eyes are opened. Some eyes see fully the horror of what's going on and connect the dots between two and two between anti-Semitism and anti-Americanism and everything else and sort of have that. You know, that moment of, uh, you know, of Alec Guinness on the bridge on the River Kwai, what have I done? Uh, unfortunately, still far too many people just don't understand and don't have the connection of this and have this sort of, my, where is this coming from? I can't understand this anti-Semitism. What's, what's happening here? They don't put two and two together. And uh, CBD, to your point about Israel being the tip of the spear of America against the forces of, of, uh, of Islam, we have far too many because of lax immigration, no immigration and whatever uh, in this country who are really agitating all of these street unrests and protests and riots almost all over the place. And they're here and they're they're in our schools, they're in our streets, they're in our communities. And, uh, you know, the, the, it's a two it's a it's a multi front war. It's not just Israel and Gaza. It's all over the world, wherever there are these Islamic communities. And I hate to say this, but it's the truth. Uh, they are there for one purpose only, whether by hook or by crook or by stealth, is to take over the lands in which they are and convert them to Islam. That is a truth that cannot be denied. They admit it freely. There was actually an article I think I had in the morning report where some uh, imam from Bayonne, New Jersey, I believe, was saying, wherever you are, you are to live as a separate community until you can take it over. And that is in microcosm, whether it's in Dearborn and then ultimately in America and as we see in places like Sweden and in, in England and in France and all over Western Europe, wherever they have allowed uh, massive amounts of immigration of, of, of Muslims, this is, this is the trajectory that, that they're on. 
All right, so folks, um, we're going to move over to the United States for just a little bit. Um, we're going to try to keep this um, to about a half an hour. And I noticed something very interesting in the news. Uh, it might have been yesterday or, or uh, yeah, I think it was probably yesterday, that Mich the Michigan Supreme Court rejected an effort to keep Trump off the uh, primary ballot. Now, and it's it's a rational decision. Um, I haven't read it, so uh, they, you know, they might be... Uh, torquing it and, and twisting it to to make it a politically nasty um decision but regardless uh, he is on the he will be on the michigan primary ballot and i think that's very interesting it's, it's very it's and it's it's potentially it's actually quite huge because as we all know from 2020 michigan and atlanta were the two really most naked epicenters of the fraud that really encompassed i guess it was six states it was uh, michigan georgia uh pennsylvania, pennsylvania. Uh, Nevada, Arizona, and Wisconsin. I think those were the states. But I just remember it was the Warren County, um, you know, center where the, the ballots were being taken to be counted or whatever. Uh, at a certain point, I think when the toilet overflowed in Atlanta, that was the signal to stop the counting in all those six states. <laughs> and then the, the ballot counters, as people will remember, or if you if you don't know, this might be a shock to you. Uh, the Republican observers were kicked out of the room. And then the doors were sealed and the windows had, you know, were, were covered over. And then at that point, you saw UPS trucks pulling into the back and ballots were being, we know that this happened, were being unloaded or multiple ballots were being run through the counters over and over again until Michigan, uh, obviously, by the, by the time daylight happened, uh, where Trump, I believe, was leading at nine o'clock at night among those other six states. All of a sudden, Trump was behind by like tens of thousands of votes. I mean, it was just so naked and, and in your face. So for them to do this, this is kind of an interesting thing. Of course, the cheat mechanisms are still in place. You have Wretched Whitmer as the governor. You have this horrendous Dana Nessel as the, the attorney general of the state, which are doing pulling all sorts of shenanigans. And I think the secretary of state, I don't know who it is, I'm sure is a Democrat. So doubtless they will pull out all the stops once again, probably in, uh, you know, Wayne oh, County. Where Detroit is. Yeah, so it's, but still to have him still to have this fail at the court is kind of an interesting little sign. So yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that as a, as a positive if we, yeah. for whatever it's worth. So I've been playing with the um, uh, with a uh, electoral college map. And and as far as I can tell, um, Trump will have a, a hard ceiling of about 234 electoral votes. And there's a there are three swing states. Now, this is my analysis, folks. Uh, I might be wrong, but those swing states are Georgia, Virginia and Wisconsin. Um, and I base that on the on the number of votes. Um, I think Georgia is doable for Trump. Uh, I think Virginia is doable for Trump. And I do not think that Wisconsin is doable for Trump. So then you now have to replace those 10 electoral votes in Wisconsin with either uh with Arizona, uh, which is going to be very, very difficult, um, or Pennsylvania's 19 electoral votes, which is probably impossible. So, right. um, he, you know, a, a, absent a, a, a huge, huge change in the United States in the next uh, 11 months, um, it's going to be tough, regardless of, of his momentum and regardless of of the, the misery that is that is being pumped out of Washington into the United States. Um, and by the way, you, I think it's a fait accompli that he's going to be the, the nominee. Um, and everybody knows that I'm a DeSantis supporter, but 
Trump's going to be the nominee. He's going to be the nominee, and yeah, indeed. But but and put your whatever are his personal foibles, and he shoots himself in the foot with with Nikki Haley or whatever it is. I mean, that's just a whole other thing. But there was an article actually as an aside that Donald Trump Jr. basically is saying there is no way in hell I am going to allow my father to pick Nikki Haley. So God bless you, Donald Trump Jr. for that. So uh, hopefully it was just it just it was a bullshit story. It was a head fake. It was this or that or whatever. But who knows? In any case, I'm a, I'm obviously very disappointed about my new home state of Wisconsin. But this is to be expected. The shenanigans is to be expected because uh, of what they tried to do a number of years ago in, in ousting or trying to oust Scott Walker. And then ultimately they succeeded in doing it. Uh, and now the takeover of, of now the majority of the Wisconsin Supreme Court with this uh, Janet Prostitutkovich, uh, it, it's now a four to three uh, leftist court. So that's going to present problems should the inevitable lawsuits uh, head to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. But, you know, the, the, the one thing, though, CBD, and I guess this echoes your your more optimistic viewpoint of of America. And before I get to that, by the way, there's an interesting story in Pennsylvania that uh, a record number of Pennsylvanians are switching parties from Democrat to Republican. Obviously, that's not going to affect the cheaters in Pittsburgh and in Philadelphia. But still, that plus what I'm about to say vis-a-vis, you know, the, the, the absolute destruction that has been visited upon this country, with more, which more and more people across the political divide, unless, of course, you're a hardcore Maoist and, and, and are cheering it, are seeing if the possibility that this election is again stolen, which is there and it does, it is stolen from Donald Trump and he does not overcome the cheat. That is kind of a potential black swan event, I think, which will open a lot of eyes and really, really open a lot of eyes and galvanize and could potentially galvanize a grassroots movement of more people than you can possibly shake a stick at that we could have imagined that see what's going on and just say, we are fed up with this and we are hopefully going to do something. Uh, whatever that is, we don't know. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, this coupled with the anti-Semitism and with what's going on in Israel and the open border and so on and so on and the crime and everything. Um, it's one thing to steal an election after Donald Trump was president when we were prosperous and the media could spin it. But after all this, uh, a lot of people's eyes are going to be opened and that hopefully portends. I, yeah, I, I hope so. I, and, and it would be wonderful if, if you're correct. Um, and, I, and I think that the 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 catalyst for this black swan event or maybe a, a mini black swan event i don't know um is the <laughs> is Something. is the trans lunacy i think yes. that once they began to go after america's children they crossed a line and people who were normally um completely disinterested in in politics suddenly woke up and said, what the fuck is going on in this country? Stay away from my kids. And once once they woke up, they started paying a little bit more attention. And, you know, maybe I'm being a Pollyanna. I'm not sure. But I, I think that was the beginning of it. They The left, as they always do, overreached. And maybe that's the beginning of the end for this this long march through our institutions. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. You know, it's one thing, you know, when you the left always does these things, they always put this crap out there, uh, the most outrageous things. And they always do minimally. They overreach. I remember, you know, Rush Limbaugh, you know, re re he rest in peace. 
he once said that years and years ago they were talking about gay marriage and the the you know the geshrai as we say in Yiddish the the the, the, the crying and and the screaming about it and the wailing you know it, it, they backed down but the problem was once you put it out there it's out there and you it's now it's now a seed that was planted and so 10 years later first of all Barack Obama says I'm I'm against gay marriage I'm in favor of you know traditional marriage then all of a sudden He's evolved on the issue. And voila, there it is. Anthony Kennedy, thank you very much. Gay marriage is the law of the land. Uh, you know, and he once said at one point they were going to try to mainstream pedophilia. And guess what? They've tried. And doesn't that sound ridiculous? Folks, that's the most ridiculous <laughs> yeah. thing in the whole world. Except. Except it's true. Except it's true. Absolutely. <laughs> but this time, though, in the mainstream, in, in, in the, the atmosphere that we have now, this is this goes back all of these little, you know, sort of, you know, pushes and, and pushing the envelope of, of uh, insanity was during times of relative prosperity, relative peace, relative, you know, political normalcy. You know, now we have utter chaos and utter dissolution and utter madness. So I think pe- people have been pushed to such an extent in every way, shape and form across the spectrum, regular people who, you know, you can call them if they still exist, you know, liberals, you know, normal you know, Democrats who are just, you know, who think that JFK is, you know, they, they can't, they think their party is still the party of JFK or just regular people who are disinterested. But now that they're going after children and in, in such an overt and brash and brazen manner with, you know, uh, what you know drag queen story hours and all of this madness uh you know people have had enough of it and now believe it or not the there was an article that i saw I, i'll probably link to it I, I think it was not in the morning report but i saw it about how all these left-wing institutions are not only pumping this crap into the crap classroom but anti-semitism they are trying to mainstream anti-israel hatred and anti-semitism in the classroom so if this can now be coupled with uh, homosexual pornography, uh, whatever it was, the uh, uh, these books that that are just horrendous. There, um, it, that, it, could, that that could be an explosive combination that really, yeah. hopefully, puts put the I, I, I agree. I agree, and and it's so unnecessary. And and, and you know something, as I said, the, the left has overreached, and they they could have been doing fine. Uh, in their in their goal of destroying the United States, but um, may, maybe maybe they they have gone too far. I can only hope. Listen, let, I want to get back to a little bit about the economy, the, yes. the wonderful wonderful economy that Joe Biden has gifted us because he's such a fucking genius when it comes to running running an economy from the from the White House. Run into um, the ground. Yeah. So I, you probably mentioned this on your uh, morning report, but. Uh, um, a bunch of uh, California Pizza Hut franchises announced yeah. some layoffs of their delivery drivers. They're going to cancel their their discontinuing delivery because uh, California has mandated a twenty dollar minimum wage, and you know, uh, restaurant restaurants are notorious for having tiny tiny margins to begin with. So you know, yeah, you, you add a couple of bucks an hour to all your delivery drivers, or three bucks an hour to all your d- delivery drivers, and all of a sudden you're not making any money. And uh, it's just a perfect example of how no matter what government does, they screw things up. And and it's, and, you know, you look you look back on the genius of our founders and they talked about limited government and minimum wage certainly isn't limited government. And uh, anyway, just a just a, a fun observation that uh, 
especially California, if if the California government touches it, it's going to get fucked up. Right, exactly. And, and sadly, whatever happens in California usually ha- eventually happens to the rest of the country. But, you know, CBD, this shit, we could have told you this freaking years ago. Anybody, you know, who just with, with the barest minimum of, 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 of common sense, if not in economic and education and economics, can tell you that, you know, companies are not going to friggin, I mean, you know, unless we go full communist, which are on the road, they're not going to take it in the neck. They will either pass this cost onto the consumer or they will do what they naturally do, which is what, what Pizza Hut, this franchise did. They eliminated employees and they're going to have the rest of their employees work, you know, harder to do the same things. And, and this is just, you know, it's supply and demand. This is, this is, this is a, an immutable law of nature. Just freaking watch Milton Friedman's, um, you know, free to choose. Watch that series from PBS. Miracle it was on PBS in the first place. And you will get an education in economics that is just, you know, that, that is unbelievable. That left-wing people who are so pickled in their beliefs just do not understand. They think that businesses are in business to, uh, you know, to feed you, to clothe you, to do this, to do that. And they have to do it gleefully and willingly and at a low price. And that just ain't it. Uh, as, as somebody said, and maybe it was Friedman, a shoemaker is in business not to give you shoes, but to put food on his table. And that's why he charges you you know, X percent more than what it cost him to make the damn things in the first place. And apparently that's a very, very complicated idea for most of our, uh, most of the people in government. You know, listen, you know, know, 300 years ago, uh, 250 years ago, um, Adam Smith talked about the invisible hand and that's the free market incentives and, and markets are pushed by these millions and millions of tiny little decisions made by people every single day and in you know when you when you take the sum of those decisions you get the brilliance of a free market but when you when you decrease the number of people making those decisions to a bunch of bureaucrats in washington or a bunch of 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 elected officials in washington then you you have you run the risk of catastrophic changes in markets and that's what we see today Absolutely, because they look, they control. There was actually there was another story that I thought you that's this is the one I thought you were going to talk about. Joe Biden is upset at the media because the media isn't isn't covering the economy right. I'm going, oh my god, <laughs> freaking that's freaking vegetable. I mean, gee, I mean, he has flashes of sanity where he rails against things, criticisms against it. But but you're absolutely right. Like whatever the government touches, it just ultimately the more it gets involved in it. And, you know, we talked about this before we went on the air and my wife may, God bless her. She's a very intelligent woman, but she is so, but she's a liberal and we, we're getting to an argument about healthcare. And it's like, she doesn't understand the fact that healthcare is not a right and health insurance is not a right. One is a product and one is a service. And when you interfere with it, it's things are going to cost more. <laughs> God love her. She's, she says, it's not that simple. Everything she's wrong about, she always says, but, you know, that's not that simple, but it is. That's it's fascinating, though, when you think about it, that healthcare can be a right. It is maniacal and it is it is malign that people say that healthcare can be a right. You cannot make somebody else's efforts a right for me. That is that is insanity. How can you how can you make a, a physician's work the right of other people? That means that's called slavery. And, right. I mean, and we have to reject that. Just just the words "healthcare is a right" is wrong. It is absolutely evil. 
No, I, I to- totally agree with that. I mean, look, I understand in a way where the liberal mindset is coming from. She gets all upset and worked up that poor people can't afford things that rich people can afford. And here we have this whole argument about fairness. And I'm trying to you know, reason with her and say, look, you know, nobody can be turned down uh, to, for health care, whether they need an operation or they need their broken arm fixed or whatever the hell it is. The question is, who pays for it and how is it paid for? This is the question. And you know something, people, if they are free to choose, Milton Friedman, you know, if someone is poor, then they have to be responsible enough to understand that they can't afford a Cadillac, they can't afford to live in a mansion, they have to scrimp and save and save for the things that are important to them. And if they don't do this, well, you know, look, it's on them. That's their, it's their problem. As cruel as that sounds, it is their problem. Despite the fact that there are hospitals and healthcare facilities for the indigent and so on and so forth, and nobody's talking about that. But, you know, you have to be a responsible human being. And this is the thing that we have brainwashed, you know, however many generations of people out of. I mean, you have so many young people today who think that everything should be handed to them on a frickin silver platter. And if they don't get it, they, they raise a stink. Or worse, you know, black people think that they should get reparations for, the, you know, f- their great great grandparents being slaves. Same kind of mentality. And it's just, you know, try, try drumming that into somebody's head. People who don't think with their head, you know, if you want to be charitable, who think with their heart are just never going to get it. That doesn't mean you have to be cruel. It doesn't mean you don't try to do things to mitigate, you know, certain circumstances of the indigent. But when everybody becomes indigent, that's the problem. Well said. So I, I saw one, I, I mean, we're running late, but I, I saw one thing that is just fascinating to me um, on uh, a website called justthenews.com, which, by the way, folks, is a pretty good one. Um, they have a short article about the uh, Los Angeles Police Department's Oversight Committee uh, that just approved new guidelines allowing illegal immigrant police officers to be armed at all times. Now, <laughs> what part of that isn't fucking lunacy? First of all, it's illegal. Uh, In the United States, if you're an illegal immigrant, you cannot possess a firearm. Um, So I don't know how they're going to get around that. Oh, they'll get around that by ignoring it, of course. Um, But it's just this is insanity. California, every time some other state and I'm looking at you, Minnesota, every time some other state tries to do something to top California, California just says, you know, hold my bong and and just goes to town. And this is a perfect example of it. I love California. I lived there for a long time. It is the most, it's one of the most beautiful states in the nation. And for the sheer variety of the, of, of things that it has, uh, physical beauty and you name it, it's got it. Um, I would never, ever live there. And I try to stay out of it as much as I can. Um, the only reason I was in LA was, or in, in, in the LA basin was to fly out of there. Um, cause we were nowhere near LA for, for the entire time. Um, but anyway, just, you know, folks, I love poking at, at California. It really is fun, but they make it so easy sometimes. It's really not fair. It's insane. You know, the, giving, Ill- giving illegal aliens uh, you know, a badge and a gun. That's great. Uh, how, about, how about we give you know, which one? You know, it's bad enough you give someone from Mexico. But what about somebody from, you know, uh, Afghanistan? Oh, oh yeah, that's going to work, work out really nicely, isn't it? You know, it's really crazy, though, CBD. I, I read somewhere that excuse me i think it was either i think one of the last last of the last holdouts i think huntington beach is still very conservative and i believe they passed 
you know, legislation saying we're throwing out this trans crap, we're throwing out the pronoun crap, uh, we're throwing out all of this crap, and to hell with you. So um, I'm, I'm waiting for Newsom to go in there and, uh, and have his army of illegal alien law enforcement. You know, we don't need no stinking badges, but we have them anyway. I'll go in and uh, take over Huntington Beach. But right, we're I mean, going to move uh, 2,500 miles to the east to uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, oh, <laughs> and no, this is great. So Claudine Gay, who's a midwit. Uh, made made the president of Harvard simply because of what she's got between her legs and, and how much melanin she's got in her skin um, is apparently under increasing pressure to resign because they have been they're finding all sorts of, of problems with her with the minimal amount of research that she has done as an academic. Uh, she's published 11 articles, which, you know, m- most good um substitute teachers from high school (laughs) well yeah i don't know about that but but seriously you know 11 articles is nothing i spoke with a friend of mine who was a professor of chemistry and he said um he he was involved in the publication of more than 11 articles as an undergraduate so that tells you how pathetic she is but apparently um it is very possible that she uh, made up her research out of whole cloth which i think would be wonderful but she, and again, this is behind the scenes. Who the hell knows what's going on? Um, apparently, she's fighting it, and she's you know she's she's threatening to sue. Now, how she can sue if they prove that she's a plagiarist, I'm not so sure. Uh, but it'll be wonderful. And my guess is that they'll they'll pay her off with a multi million dollar severance, uh, let her keep her professorship, or you know send her off to some other uh, Ivy or uh, one of the you know maybe Stanford would lo- would like her to uh, to run a department. But anyway, well, I think it's lovely. It is. The, you know, the knives actually are out. Um, yeah. There was, of all places, um, I, I, well, I mean, she's a total left wing. I mean, Ruth Marcus wrote a, an op-ed, uh, and it was in the Washington Post, basically calling for Claudine Gay to step aside now. Now, for, for Ruth Marcus to write that, and more importantly, for the Washington Post to print it, uh, you know that she is definitely a political liability right now. It, it, for, for somebody for any, you know who know, who knows who probably even for Biden and the whole Democrats that she's still there especially not so much even because of well obviously because of the plagiarism but of course yes the her her support for genocide of the Jews around the world yeah, yeah that well, doesn't no, no, that's really, okay that's second yeah, that's okay that's kind of yeah, secondary okay. But yeah she can the she thing can, is yeah she can advocate for genocide all she wants you know, that, that, this is Harvard after all my God anyway exactly, um, exactly. Marcus I'm, I'm going to read the quotation. It's great. So, quote, this is quoting, uh, she's the editorial page editor? I believe she is for the Washington Post. One of the editors of the Washington Post. I don't remember what what her title is. So, quote, she plagiarized her acknowledgments. I take no joy in saying this, but Harvard President Claudine Gay ought to resign. Her track record is unbefitting the president of the country's premier university. Remaining on the job would send a bad signal to students about the gravity of her conduct. Now, I'm going to quibble a little bit. She should take great joy in saying that because plagiarism and falsifying research, it does not belong in the academy. And anytime they catch it, they should cut it out. And it, it should be a recognition that that there are certain standards that must be upheld. And finding people who, who violate those standards is a good thing. It means that, that the academy is looking inward. And making sure that it is, it is as good as it can be. So anyway, but 
a couple of quick observations. Number one, there was a really great article about, um, you know, Barack Obama, the purple lip dog eating <laughs> schmuck who runs the country actually from Calorama. Uh, basically has been has been lobbying hard for Claudine Gay to stay on the job. And it was an interesting observation, uh, and, and it's true, that for her, it, it, to her, for her to be shit-canned would be a, a repudiation of diversity, equity, inclusion, or DIE or whatever. And Barack Obama obviously represents that because DIE means is basically a weapon to, to, to really dismantle every aspect of American society, government, culture, and whatever. And that is his primary mission. And if he loses that weapon, and DIE is a very big political weapon uh, in, the hand, in, in this case, as we have seen, not just in government, but in the private sector and in academia, in bringing the country down. And if he loses that weapon, it would be a big, it would be a it would be a defeat for him. It also represents him as well, because as we all know, nobody has any record of Barack Obama ever being at Columbia Law. And to this day, we can't see his transcripts. So so, so that there is that aspect to it. But on another note, you talk about plagiarism and you talk about making shit up about whole cloth. Hello, climate change. Hello, global warming. All of the data, the stupid hockey stick data and graph was literally falsified or jiggered or jimmied or whatever you want to call it to show that the earth is boiling away and we have 10 years until until we die. People's heads should be rolling all over the place. Claudine Gay, yes, is one example, but shit. This whole thing, which is set to destroy our economy and our way of life, is based on a myth that was fabricated by, among other people, Michael Mann of the University of Pittsburgh and the East Anglia Climate Institute, whatever it was. So this whole shit is plagiarism is and everything here is just such death. It's just it's Lysenkoism writ large uh, everywhere you, you can find it. And yes, it has to go uh, if we're to survive. Yeah. You know, speaking about climate change, um, there was a vote um, in the Maine legislature uh, or the Board of Environmental Protection or something like that in Maine uh, voting on regulations that would essentially make them California um, (laughs) for their, you know, their EV rules. And uh, it was delayed by a storm. They had a blackout, which I think (laughs) is just fucking perfect. You, you retards really think that we can run this country on electricity generated by uh what um windmills and windmills solar and panels. solar panels and 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 wave energy and um and uh, hell i don't know what else is there folks you know they can't even fucking do it in arizona which is sunny 90 percent of the time you're gonna fucking put up solar panels in freaking maine where it's cloudy windy and snowy half the time and raining the other part yeah this is really genius oh it my is it's bloody more bloody more bloody more all right, folks, anyway, we we're going to go short. Now we're going long. All right. But anyway, I think that is it. Uh, CBD, any parting thoughts? Uh, with, we have one more, I believe, coming up this weekend. But uh, yeah, let's, any, we'll any... do another one. Yeah, I'm going to shut my mouth because I've been jabbering like an idiot for the last 45 <laughs> minutes. So, uh, folks, I'll spare you my closing comments. OK, well, for CBD, the uh, the badass biscuit baker of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> It's JJ Sefton here. We are so glad and so blessed to have you as our audience. We appreciate uh, your, your participating with comments and, and, and also especially hitting our tip jar. It really helps, helps keep the lights on without uh, windmills and solar panels. So for CBD, it's JJ Sefton. We will see you with our last, last broadcast. Uh, uh, probably early in the year, we will be recording it over the weekend. So until then, take care and uh, see you in the funny papers. 
Merry Christmas, and thanks for listening, folks.